This week on The Zone of Truth, Griff and I have Haley and a special guest on to discuss the surprise character in chapters 14 and 15 of the HLP Evil Interlude, Starfinder Society, taste some regional beers, and answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in studio with your GM and my co-host, Griffin. Roll a will save. You're in The Zone of Truth. And we're back. Back again. Here we are, man. I just realized earlier today as we were chatting that this week is basically another hell week of ours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as the last time we did that, but it's still pretty, pretty bad. I think we, we paced ourselves appropriately and got out ahead of it, which is good. Mm -hmm. We got Emily going out of town for a little bit soon. So we had to record ahead and you and I've got some stuff we're doing on the side like this. And uh, I put the pieces together and realized that uh, yesterday was the only day this week I was not going to drink. Isn't that how your week is sometimes normally Um, when we play on Monday and then we play on Wednesday and then we play Thursday and then Friday, you always drink and Saturday, you always drink. And then Sunday, like sometimes we play and you end up drinking. Oof. I'm really wasting my my twenties, man. Yeah, really this is wasting, bad. Wasting your twenties on TTRPGs and drinking. Jeez, boy. Maybe I should like, I don't know, find a life companion or something. Re- reevaluate. <laughs> reevaluate pivot. all of my choices. It's time to pivot. Yeah. But speaking of drinking, um, this is the point in the show where usually I would ask you what you're drinking. Yeah. But I want to hold off for just a little second after we introduce our two guests we have on today. One you know and love, and the other, maybe some of you know and love. So uh, off the bat, first of all, you know her as Eclipse and her friend uh, Nana Opal and Shala on the show. Welcome aboard, Haley. Thank you. Also, Steve, do you want to point out, even if you get a life companion, that doesn't necessarily mean that you stop drinking and playing ttrpgs all the time look at brooks and griffin i'm looking (laughs) i need someone to rein me in is the problem (laughs) okay good luck i thought that was was also brooks in my job Mm. well you guys are doing a pretty fucking bad job well i mean nobody said we were good at it (sighs) well Haley, again this is when i would ask you what you're drinking however we're gonna wait just a second longer um, some of you guys know him from our Drunken Discordly sessions. He's very uh, prolific on our Discord and was a recent background uh, live studio audience guest on the 15th chapter of the HLP interlude. Hey, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, man. We, it's, I've been enjoying hanging out with you this week, and uh, it's good to have you in town. And, you know, while you're in town, we might as well have you on Zone of Truth. Chat. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. It's been awesome hanging out and uh, having a really good time hanging out with you guys. Glad to hear it, dude. All right. So what are you, what are you doing in town? Why, why are you here? I'm here working. There's the, uh, there's a home show going on here. So it's a, it's a long one. So I'm in town for quite a bit. So lots of time to, to see you guys and hang out. So it's been pretty awesome. Yeah. Those of you that don't know Jeremy from the Discord or from Drunken Discordly, <laughs> We'll know him as the guy that sent us sheets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I sleep between his sheets every night. 
Well, that's good. I'm glad you guys like them. I uh, always love to hear that. Yeah. I mean, a big hit with all five of us on the show. Um, I love them. And I also love the mug that you guys sent, or you, you sent me. It's great. Everybody loves them. Emily uses hers all the time. I think it's a Lyra thing. I think it's more thing. sentimental, yeah. yeah. Sentimental. Now that, now that you sent it and Lyra was dead within an episode. <laughs> it was sad. It was sad to see her drinking from it. I was I was a little teary-eyed. I think <laughs> technically it might be cursed. Yeah. I mean, she got the mug and then one section la- session later. <sighs> I don't know. I still have my mug. Uh, Maybe yours isn't cursed. Yeah, I, I leave it though. Um, I guess I don't use it as much while we're playing because I leave it by, be- by, by the bed. It's got a nice lid so the cats don't fuck with my water. Ooh. <laughs> I know. Very practical. Clutch. Very practical. <laughs> and mine is a very wide mug that I fill up with alcohol so I can breathe in the vapors and it gets me drunk faster. Mine's <laughs> <laughs> just world's okay as GM. My wife make, made that one, and she makes so many of those. The the okayest stuff I yeah. think is so funny. So uh, yeah, I was I was happy to send that to you. And Wait, thank she, you, Angie, for making that. She made it. Yeah, she made it. That's so cool. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I was yeah. wondering where you got that from. I was like, yeah, eh, it's uh, DM. We have a heat press in our printer. That's so. See that? Did, did you make all of them? Just that one. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the other oh. ones I had people make. <laughs> hey, man, I still love it. But um, we're talking about drinking receptacles. Why don't we just get to drinking? All right. Um, you were kind enough to bring us a whole bunch of beers from your home state, and we're going to try them on air. How does that sound, dude? That sounds awesome. I'm really excited. I'm going to go ahead and start this one off with what I'm drinking. I'm drinking the same thing you are, actually. This is the Brown Sugar Brown Cow, a mocha brown naturally flavored ale from D9 Brewing Company, North Carolina. Yeah, they're right around the corner from me. All right. Oh, that's real good. I like that. It was it would be dangerous to have right around the corner from me. me this try. is good beers. Let me try. Yeah, dude, you're gonna you're gonna like this. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites for back home. We can't always find it. Ooh, that is great. It's much better on draft, but the can, the can works. I couldn't bring a bunch. You know, <laughs> could it just have a, <laughs> a, a couple of sloshing around, <laughs> a couple growlers. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, you're also drinking the same thing. Um, that's very exciting. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Usually people announce their own thing and I just announced it for you. W- what are you drinking, Jeremy? <laughs> you blitz. I have, Once again. I have the uh, Mocha Brown, Brown Sugar Brown Cow from D9 Brewery, hmm. Cornelius, North Carolina. In uh, my recent experience, that's a good choice. <laughs> Haley, what you got? Uh, I am drinking uh, Bull City Cider Works, uh, the Cardinal Sin. And it's a cinnamon cider. I've never had a cinnamon cider actually before. I'm excited though because I love like hot tamales and stuff. Uh, I do want to read though what it says down here, which says, The bull has been naughty. It's time to pay penance for this sinfully dis- delicious cider. The bull has been naughty? <laughs> With an exclamation mark. Oh, boy. Also what? from North Carolina. Thank you, Jeremy. Just <laughs> with no context, the bull has been naughty. What does any of that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. It's very good. It's a lot less sweet than I'd expect, but it's really yummy. All right. Let's keep moving around the table. Griff, what you got, man? From Divine Barrel Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'm drinking a Spatial Awareness. It's an imperial stout with coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and ancho peppers. Ooh, it smells good. 
It's a good sign. Oh, that's pretty rocking. Ooh, don't hog that. Let me get some of that. Yeah, I had that the other night. It was super good. Whoa. That's really smooth. That's really good. I like yeah, that a lot. Yeah, it's nice. The, the peppers really help with the booziness of an imperial stout. It makes it kind of, a lot of times you get that too much of a boozy hint and the peppers kind of cover it, I guess. Yeah. It's really good. Well, as we like to do on the Zone of Truth, I think we should go around and rate these beers. Since they're from North Carolina, I think uh, the the most appropriate rating system would be uh, zero, one, or two out of the Carolinas. Oh, so I was zero gonna... Carolinas, one, or two Carolinas? <laughs> I was going to say, like, how covered in tar is your heel? Oh, that's pretty good, but I'm sticking with the <laughs> airtight. Um, I'm going to give this two out of two Carolinas. Nice. All right, Jeremy, how would you rate your beer? I, I definitely would say this is a two out of two Carolinas. I mean, whenever I see this at home, I, I grab it. So it's awesome. Hell yeah. Haley. Yeah, right there. Uh, two out of two. Again, love cinnamon. So mm-hmm. my heel is covered in tar. Oh, did oh, I do the wrong one? Yes. <laughs> two out of two Carolinas. <laughs> two out of two. Yeah, I, if we went by that as well, I would I would be uh, knee deep in the tar. Knee deep in the tar. Um <laughs> But Jeremy, so we know you in this room fairly well, but I, I think a lot of folks listening, uh, you might be a new voice to them or a relatively new one. So I just kind of wanted to open this up a little bit before we get into some of the meat of this episode and talk about you so everyone can get to know you a little bit better. So you fucking forgot. Oh. I got you. <laughs> you fucking forgot. I was looking. You I made it to like, March. Oh. You said uh-huh. I said I said you won't make Listen. it to March and you made it to March. I got I got a I got a month under my belt. That's a win in my book. I'd I, like to point out that we're recording in February, so kind of made it to March. Yeah. With the extra with the extra day this year, I don't know if you can do that. It threw me off. <laughs> All right. This is jungle music from the Temple of Haram sound set. Let's go. There we go. Here we go. Good job, Mm -hmm. Steve. This has set the mood for Jeremy. So, Jeremy, this is a question that we ask most people that do end up coming on the show. What is your history with TTRPGs? What kind of experience are you coming to this table with? Well, mostly I I started playing TTRPGs at cons, at Gen Con and Origins. And um, about three years ago, I got with a group where we were playing uh, D&D every week. And that's most of my experience playing 5e. But... uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I come in. Right now, I currently play, I uh, play a couple games of D and D, and then also uh, Pathfinder Two E. Very cool, very cool. Um, so, you, so I, 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 I'm hearing here that you've played a little five D, five E, but Pathfinder, Starfinder. Um, what are your preferences, man? Which one of those do you like the most? I would say my favorite has got to be the uh, the new Pathfinder Two E. I love the how they. How you build your characters, how how your attributes, what you're what you're picking, your personality, how it goes into your numbers rather than just kind of willy nilly. I think that's really cool, and I love the uh, three action. Uh, the the three action economy is great. Yeah, we were missing it playing Starfinder. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little tough. Yeah, it's it's difficult to go back to the the craziness, the crazy crunchiness sometimes with the three action where you can modify your spells and stuff. That's great. I agree. Yeah, and and Jeremy, you said that you uh, that you've played at cons. 
you're, you're yeah. kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, are how involved are you with like the Pathfinder Starfinder Society? Uh, not at all. No, I would say. Although I did play uh, the year before we met you guys, we played in the in the society big where it's the whole room, like all the tables oh, where yeah, the we're special. playing together, oh, yeah. which was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, we just we, we pick up some games here and there. It's, it's a boys weekend when we come to Origins, so it's always fun. And who, who who do you usually travel with to Origins? Um, Shout them out, man! It, it all it all depends, but the the one cop, you know, my buddy Brian, he is always there and he's always been there. So we have a, a couple other friends that that can make it depending on the year. But uh, yeah, and Brian was there when we met you guys, which was right. pretty awesome. Shout out Brian, we love him. That was he was a lot a lot of fun to play with. Um, how long have you been coming to to Origins? Because uh, this was our first year when we met you, and we really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I want to say last year was my third year there, and before that we uh, we would go to Gen Con, which is which is amazing. I mean, you are there this year. The, oh yeah, the nothing beats yeah. that vendor hall. But I mean, here in here in Columbus, to be able to stay close and it's relatively inexpensive, and you know, o- over there in Indy, it, it costs a ton more, and I'm and I'm pretty cheap. So <laughs> to be able to stay within walking distance for, you know, for a hundred boxes, we just pile, pile everyone in and go from there. Yeah. It's pretty close to us too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty cheap for us to do that. Right. Yeah. We, I think I spent the whole weekend here, Griff, at your place yeah. when we were I mean, doing Shine Con. We literally, you, we both took one day off of work mm-hmm. and then it was like you were here for four days or five days <laughs> during Origins the entire time. It was just like... Wake up, Origins. <laughs> drink, drink some water, <laughs> Origins. <laughs> Bring a sidearm, <laughs> to Origins. Work, die hard, chill, play games. That was, yeah, that was Go a get, like schedule. an absurd amount of sushi from the place across the way. I mean, I oh, had yeah. to keep myself fueled somehow, and and mm-hmm. Emily was bringing Nalgene full of wine. <laughs> I had to have something in my stomach. Uh, just a couple blocks away from the convention center, you've got that North Market, and we just oh locked gosh. down that little liquor store in there. Yeah, that bar. We mm-hmm. were just like, all right, it's, it's break time. We're going to stay here for an hour and drink three beers. <laughs> uh, yeah, bu- buy a full pack of seltzers, split it, kill it in an hour, get back in the car. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. <laughs> See, well, that's good you're, that you're not uh, driving home from that, for sure. I know we had a tough time walking home uh, Saturday night back to the hotel. <laughs> oh, after, wait, you're trying to tell me that, uh, that you got a little lit at the HOP meetup? No. <laughs> it wasn't as much the meetup. It might have been the, uh, the afterwards and all the other all the other stuff. It was all, You guys, we, we had such a great time. You guys are awesome, and uh, it was really, really cool. It was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, we had just met you, what, the night before or something? Yeah, yeah. And we're like, hey, come to the meetup. And when you guys showed up, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, these dudes were fun. And uh, we ended up drinking. I remember at some point that night, um, the two of us were talking about, like, trade compliance when I was super hammered. (laughs) (laughs) And then I woke up the next day and I was like, why do I have this random number in my phone that I sent a picture of an ocean container to? (laughs) With no context. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was funny. 
and it's and it's all been history from there. Yeah. Although, I mean, to, to full disclosure, I was really concerned. I mean, I had fun playing with you guys, and and the game was was crazy. But uh, at the end, when Haley stood up, and she's, I thought for sure she was going to try to introduce us to uh to any greater greater gods, or uh, was going to sell us something because she's like reaching in her like oh, very just yeah, and yes. I was like, oh no, what's coming? But she passed out some stickers and said, hey, you guys want to hang out? So. Yeah, pull out the, that would be the time to pull out their like religious material. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, <laughs> Can yep. I introduce you to? Uh, so I've always wanted to start a cult, and I'm kind of a gun. Since you play together, I know you're sadist. <laughs> <laughs> now I can. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. And we are going to talk about that game a little bit because it was so... I feel like it was such a wildly unique uh, Starfinder Society situation that I want to spend a little bit of time there. But before we get to that, um, you talked a little bit about your past RPG history. Um, but but Jeremy, I know you're involved in some games right now. Um, what, what what are you doing? Who, who's out there that you're playing with? Well, uh, most importantly, and probably... Uh people who would hear this or be familiar with some of these names we uh we do have the lunch hour heroes which you've probably seen on the discord we were looking for somebody and uh jason ellis is is gming that and it is it's so awesome it's the fall of plague stone for the pathfinder 2e and uh and alex giordano and bear eclair although i i mean we're, I'm not really sure what Bear's real name is, honestly. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. I heard what it possibly could be, but I don't want to get anyone in trouble if they're wrong. I heard what it possibly <laughs> could be. The, the man is an enigma. I've, I've said it on, I can't remember if I've said it on something we've recorded, but I've gone on, I've said many times that Bear is going to join the like HLP Suicide Squad with like Chris and like Griffin's dad. Just like the, the weird, like the ancillary people around the show. That just kind of are wacky folks. Yeah, he's a he's a cool guy, and we were talking about it today. I mean, just to have him on there and his voice, and to have Jason and his voice, it's just oh my gosh, it's uh, they're they're both amazing. <laughs> I, I'm convinced Barra Claire is like a Voldemort situation, and like he's actually his name's like Claire, whatever the rest of those letters spell. <laughs> <laughs> That is a not a, the conspiracy theory I thought we were going to talk about tonight, but all right. I, I mean, guess I, did, where we're I going. did Malice Saloon. Like, oh, he, he yeah. That, that could out very well be. That's very Although, true. He did ask today, since we, you were talking about it earlier, about the sheets, and he's like, oh, are they comfy? Because it just it came up today because we, we uh, just finished the second part. in the process of selling no, sheets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I was actually working. I had to pause and, and uh, yeah, like if someone came up, I'd have to pause it and talk to them. But... <laughs> I was I was working today, but um, anyways, I said I said well you know you might have heard the uh, HLP gang talk about the sheets and you know they really like them and I said well I do know somebody who you know possibly you'll possibly hear something about more about them <laughs> so I've been I've been keeping everything quiet but I kind of <laughs> dropped a little hint today. <laughs> there you go. There it is. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, and you guys are playing Fall Plague Stone right now. Yeah. I, I want to hear some thoughts from you, and I know there's a lot of folks that are listening to this show who are playing or are going to play this particular module, so let's try and keep it as spoiler-free as possible. All right. Um, but we've been playing with a couple friends of ours, John, Chris, Tim, Eric, um, and 
We've been having a, a punishing time with it. It's tough. Yeah, I was just pointing uh, so Jeremy could see our blackboard, which is number of times our PC has been downed. Every single player has one PC that is already crossed out as total death. Wow. So, not doing great. Yeah, and those downs are only from one sesh, too. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny that we w- the last thing we all played as a group was the Scarwall game where we were just like living gods and we used that blackboard to keep track of how many kills we got and now it's now that we're just getting crushed every week, it's like how bad are we fucking up? Yeah, I'm starting to think I'm just being like needlessly cruel, and maybe Jason's just a nicer guy than I am. No, I mean, I'm oh, you familiar. think Jason's I'm, a nicer guy? Well, than I know he's a nicer guy. Than me. I think that's that's really what has to do with it. I don't think any of us has ever even been down in that game. Get out of here! <laughs> Get out of here! Okay. you are a liar. <laughs> okay, I was stretching the truth. <laughs> we had a couple down today. <laughs> So how have you been enjoying that experience, though? Um, is I, I don't know if you've played any, like, 2E Society or anything yet. Or this may be your first foray into 2E. If it is, your thoughts? I don't know, man. Just what's going on? I mean, I'm loving it. The, uh, the only time I had played it was, was I guess, two years ago when they were playtesting, right? Mm-hmm. At Origins. Yeah. And then this year it came out and I was able to play it a couple times there. I'm, I'm loving it. It's... It's a lot of fun. It's really cool, and um, I mean, it's a it's a great group. It's tough because it's only an hour, yeah. so we we you know we sit down, we try to get done as much as we can. But um, yeah, I do I do really enjoy the game. I'm looking forward to uh, more of the storylines that they're going to come out with, and and something I would like to uh, talk my friends into. Oh yeah, because I mean, I've heard, and we were never five E people, but I've mm-hmm. heard that's a not an easy transition, but a kind of natural one for people that are playing 5e and maybe want more yeah. choice, more yeah. kind of character customizability. That the the leap, obviously, from 5e to 2e Pathfinder is a little bit easier than the leap from 5e oh, to yeah. first edition Pathfinder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 I'm looking at our little agenda here. You've taken some notes here. Um, I see that you're playing in a couple other games. So you're you're just like us, man. You're you're busy. You're busy beaver. No, playing I, all I, sorts I of wish. Games. Don't let me fool you. I get <laughs> I get I get one hour uh, during the week, which is you know daytime. When I'm at home, it's mm-hmm. easy because I can I can take care of stuff in the morning and then be at home to play. And then uh, I have every other game or every other week that I play with a, uh, with a friend of mine at home and he runs it and we just started that and then on the off weeks I am actually running a game on uh, Roll20 with some friends out in Kansas City Ooh, and, nice. um, and Brian of course and a friend at home Chris nice nice what are you running um I'm uh, still open to that. I we just had one set. Well, we had two sessions. I'm sorry, but I'm thinking about we're gonna do the um the salt marsh. The f- oh, it's yeah. the five V. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. and then be able to work in some different one shots because I have a lot of I just have a lot of different one shots at home that mm-hmm. I've bought through the through the years and everything. And just I figured I'd use them someday, but uh, to be able to use them now is pretty sweet. Nice. So is. is- Am I understanding you correctly that the idea may be to play through the Salt Marsh campaign and then have like almost like side quests with Absolutely. the one shot? Yeah, that's so it, fun. It's got that's the cool. storyline. If you're on a boat and, and running around, anyways. Oh, skirmish. I think it's skirmishes the Salt Marsh. But anyways, but yeah, to be able to throw some in there of uh, you know some people that I like and and things like that. So to be able to add to that story, Very it's a lot of work. Very fun, man. So you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> And, and when you're not behind that DM chair, 
Um, and you're just sitting around the table, just a, as a normal pleb player like myself. Um, <laughs> what kind of player are you at that table? Is, is there a particular class, whether that's from 5e or uh, second edition, that really stands out to you? I know Griffin has expe- expressed that you know he really likes playing bards. Yeah. Um, those types of characters. I, I've leaned further into like beat sticks lately. You I, have. Just, I like, nice. turn, I like have. turning my brain off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, as for myself, I, I used to be a, a big proponent of the cleric, and I still am. But now I'm moving in a, a different direction. I like to challenge myself, do weird shit. Um, how about you, man? What, what do you like to do? Well, I don't really have any uh, go-to. Um, and, and the long one I played in, I came in as a fighter, but it was a character that was already pre-made. And I mean, I had fun with that. I was really learning 5e anyways from just mm-hmm. playing once a year. You know, like two or three games to play in every week. There was a, a little bit of learning curve there, but it was I had a lot of fun with that. And, um, and then with the, with the Pathfinder, I went with the Alchemist, which was, with, was a lot of fun. Something a little bit different mixing up the mixing up all the potions and everything very unique and, to pathfinder i think if yeah. you're gonna play pathfinder yeah. over D, that's one of the one of the classes mm-hmm. that and gunslinger in first edition that are just like you should really try these because yeah. they're completely different than anything you can achieve in for fifth edition yeah i agree that was one reason i did that because it was just something totally different and i thought it would be a lot of fun and to be able to play a goblin i thought was awesome <laughs> so <laughs> oh boy uh, all right, so earlier we talked a little bit about when we first bumped into you last year at Origins, and I thought having you on the show would be a fun opportunity to talk about that exact experience, because like I said, it really was insane. So I can't remember what night of the week it was. It, it might have been Friday night, um, but... Yes. The HLP crew kind of split in half. Uh, Brooks, Emily, and uh, well, Brooks wasn't there. So oh, Brooks was, wasn't there. Was me, Emily, and Eric. Ah, okay. Went to uh, went to play the society special, which I think I think now we have uh, either our GM that ran us through that or ran us through some yes, other stuff. That's him, I think. That's like in in the uh, in the Discord. But we oh, had our awesome. asses beat. We had one dude with a <laughs> with an actually like self made competent character that uh, pulled all of our you know iconics out of the mud because I, I picked <laughs> Lem the Bard in an undead heavy campaign. Or undead heavy uh, scenario, which didn't work. Big mistake. Um, but then the rest of us, well, I say rest of us, but really it was just Haley and myself, split off and played Starfinder instead. And when we did, we didn't have any characters. We just pulled up some uh, standard old iconics. We played this scenario called Packed, World's War- Packed World Warriors, which is the first scenario from season two of Starfinder Society. I'm going to just read the quick blurb that summarizes this uh, scenario online and let's just talk about it because it was wild so recovering from its recent trials in the scoured stars the starfinder society finds itself the target of a vicious media smear campaign to combat this unexpected threat the society sends a group of agents to build up some standing in the packed worlds by taking part in a series of televised events orchestrated by the undead media mogul zoe what these heroes don't know is that their competition is willing to do whatever it takes to stop them from restoring the society's tattered image Oh boy, guys. Oh boy. Um, I'm looking at Haley and I'm looking at Jeremy. Which one of you guys kind of wants to walk me through what happened in that game? I can kind of start. Sure. So Steve and I roll in 
we we had had a few drinks as well. Grab ourselves the iconics that are left, real quick. Roll up uh, and start playing. I was uh, Keskadai, which I don't even remember what that iconic is. It was a Mystic of Phrasma because Mystic I thought that was very ironic. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because I had a, I was very afraid of death. Okay, yep, that mm-hmm. was the thing. Oh, yeah. I was terrified of death. Now this game show, right? Oh, good lord. Uh, our. <laughs> I will never. I will not forget because it's we had horrible rolls the entire time. We were barely able to make it through absolutely anything. Technically, our characters were supposed to have died like more than once. In addition, our GM was forced to say a speech at the end, saying how great we were, <laughs> and couldn't even make it through. It was just saying it and like pointing. He's like, "I am forced to do this." Like, just it was so incredibly bad. I mean, we had a great time. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it was like everything that could go wrong did. Yeah, every save you needed to get, we failed. It seriously did the full 360 of, oh, this is bad. Like, we're really fucking up. This is so bad. We're doing so terribly to where it has gone all the way around where we keep rolling. uh, Acrobatics check to not fall into lava. Natural one. Everybody at the table just bursts out laughing. Like, uh, (laughs) check to do this. Fail. Everybody cracks up. Like, we were laughing about how bad we were all doing. I I just was having the time of my life. It was. It was so funny. It was. Just bad, really bad. I think we were like the only group, or at least one of the very few groups that were still outside, though, Mm -hmm. which was good because we were loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Do you remember that our GM said that that was like the fifth or sixth time he had ran that adventure that day? And he's like, nobody has had a problem with this at all. And we were just (laughs) like, stopped. I think he even mentioned that most people finish, if not on time, but like early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, he did say that because we had so many turns to to get to the finish line. And we had one person fall across the finish line unconscious at the end of the time. And there was like a little window in there. And so when we asked him that and he said there was there was like one person who didn't make it like where everyone made it in time, except for like one person like made it across like with one or two turns left. And we were just like, oh, my gosh, I, I actually want to clarify this, Jeremy, because I think it's even funnier than what you're saying. <laughs> the um, the person that made it from our team actually had fallen unconscious on. Um, oh, yeah. On like a moving <laughs> crosswalk. <laughs> Like at the airport. Yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. <laughs> he fell unconscious on this conveyor belt and was pushed and, and was pushed across the finish line. You're right. And we got we got we survived on the technicality. Well, technically we don't even survive. I'm pretty sure they're supposed to die, but he was like yeah, so it wouldn't be possible with just the one of you, so Yeah. For reference we came out of the society special <laughs> having played all iconics but one person so our session took way longer than it should have it was a society special so there was shit going on mm-hmm. long thing we came out you guys were still fucking playing mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> it was insane absolutely you were the only people out there when we came out <laughs> and they, and there were i know there were segments to this uh to this society scenario too because we ended it on like a cooking competition mm-hmm. And there was still something we needed to do after that. We just had, didn't have time for. 
Like, we had burned up the entire time and didn't even get to the big conclusion. And it was even late. Well, like like Griffin said, it was really late, and he was just like, we just can't like, <laughs> stay this long. Yeah. Just can't. And then he was reading how great we were. <laughs> so, like, the worst part about all of this, at least to me, that I feel bad about, is the next time I play with Jeremy, it goes very similarly. Oh, yeah, that and that's a, that's a fantastic <laughs> transition yes. here, Haley, because we had that opportunity to play with Jeremy again this past Sunday, kicking off my six out of seven days of drinking this week. Um, and we played the Starfinder Society scenario from the first season. It's number 19. It's called To Conquer the Dragon. Uh, folks at this table, it was Haley in the GM seat, Griffin and myself playing along with Jeremy, our good buddy Chris, Eric, and John. And this is the blurb about the uh, scenario. After much negotiating, the Starfinder Society has reached an accord to work with the leaders of the Drakelands and Skyfire Mandate on the world of Triaxis. To commemorate this historic achievement, the Society intends to open a new lodge in the settlement of Kumo. However, a recent enemy intends to disrupt the event, and only the PCs stand between this hidden threat and the Society's newest endeavor. Haley, how does it sound like we should have done compared to to how we did because this sounds like we're supposed to be heroes that um, really spread the good word of the society I don't know I remember killing a fucking dragon I don't know how how that was so bad yeah so uh, it was not good um it, it was not, um, guys, like, I mean, there was a lot of attempts, but also at the same time, your roles were not good. So on all of these many, many, many critical things, the roles were just not there. And so therefore, a bunch of things didn't happen. So therefore, you guys were totally caught off guard when you were attacked by a fucking dragon. And so then it was immediately 40 damage to everybody and you absolutely demolished everything in the in its path and then we skipped over all of the starship combat because we didn't have time we then skipped over all of the combats within the starship and to just, be fair we only did that because you wanted to get this done in three hours and yeah it's built like you guys four had or five. to do <laughs> yeah, go to bed. Like Starfinder, like scenarios are supposed to be done though in like four-ish hours. I thought, hey, cut out the starship camp, like starship stuff, and we'll be about four hours. No, we had to cut out every single encounter in the starship <laughs> as well, except for fighting the dragon. <laughs> All right, and we finished in three. I thought it was like four and a half. It was four. It was definitely more than three. No way. No way. It was like hundred yeah. percent more no than three. In fact, because I know Steve was like, I need to get home. Mm-hmm. I was the last like half hour. I was roughing it. I had. I was roughing it. It was pretty late. It was late. Yeah. So mm-hmm. either way, we got done. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, you guys fought the dragon. Uh, you survived that. No one died. Destroyed yeah. the dragon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mainly because of my operative. I didn't use I any feel like of I the dished. healing serums that I was supposed to have used. I didn't use any of the shielding that I was supposed to use because it just felt like it was going to continue to drag on. We had a we had a sweet. What were you, Griffin? What like was a, I? Like a dog guy? Something? I was a Velaka, a blind Velaka operative. Yeah, that was. He uh, was our pilot. 
Yeah. That was also our pilot. <laughs> I, I for, forgive me, guys, uh, because I don't remember who made this joke or, or brought it to our attention. But when we were um, tasked by the Starfinder Society, like you're our best people, get out there, you know, show, put a good foot forward, and we were like, cool. All right, blind guy, get in the pilot seat. <laughs> <laughs> such a bad foot and and yeah there's mechanical reasons that it works that griffin can pilot and he he was very proficient in piloting so like admit it it i had one rank in piloting i was hoping someone else would take it no but nobody did so the blind guy had to pilot i got yelled at a lot for my descriptions not including yeah, More yeah. than one type. Yeah, you were like, you see? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> it's I don't very see. easy to fall into that, which which brings me to like something that's very interesting as a GM as a whole, right? Like, how often are you saying stuff about anything besides like, you see visually this one thing rather than like, I mean, perception has more than one sense in it. So I was thinking about that. I've been thinking about that since basically Sunday. It was like, what other... Like, what are we missing by not saying more? Yeah, because well, yeah, you're making me, like, describe how I could possibly sense it while I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, uh, you can hear an ID badge jangling off of someone's keychain. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Anyways, how did you think it went, Jeremy? I, I, of course, I had a lot of fun. That's, I mean, that's how I play and just... My rolls were were so bad. I only had my baby die with me, and um, I may have had to use someone's die whose spot I'm sitting in. But um, I'll keep that quiet. They they worked they worked much better. Thank you, green die. <laughs> oh boy, I wonder who that is. Oh, no, no. He, they couldn't possibly be his die. So they would be gray. Oh, okay. Good. Oh. <laughs> And Jeremy, who did you play? I played uh, Van Nanner. Nice. Was my, uh, he was a rat folk. Very cool. What class? Mechanic. Okay, mechanic. I don't know that you should have a question mark behind that, but all right. <laughs> well, well it, was, it was the day before when, uh, I mean, we, had, we had talked about we were going to play something. We weren't really sure. And then, so I've only ever played Starfinder where I'm just grabbing a pregen. Mm. So, and then uh, making it level five. So I, I went through and I was trying to, I was trying to do all this stuff. And I, I spent some time researching and looking. And then I realized the program I was using would, would not go to level two. So, <laughs> so then I, uh, I found a, a pregen at level four. And I just bumped it up to five, which was yeah, fairly easy at that point. Not bad, not bad at all. As for myself, I played Valentine Farfalla, um, a jeez, I can't even uh, Sarkeesian witch warper. Yeah, um, I'm still trying to feel out the witch warper class um, and see, see what I think of it. But what I do enjoy is I was trying to make this uh, this character very quick because it was a pretty quick turnaround for a fifth level character. And I was like, all right, uh, Witch Warper, I need I need a race that can bump up my charisma. All right, Sarkeesian, cool. And kept building. And Witch Warper is like a pretty fragile caster. Yeah. Supposed to stand in the back. And my Sarkeesian is size large. So like, <laughs> you're standing in the back. So I'm standing <laughs> in the back, over towering over everybody, like gangly like Slender Man. Uh, it was a it was a great, great image that I had in my head. I, I enjoyed it. Um but yeah, we it was a little struggly. I 
don't know how he would have done with like several more combats. Oh yeah, it would have been done for. But it was it was fun. We'll have to do it again. Maybe next time you're in town, we'll throw something else together that will fuck up. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the combination of you three is a recipe for fucking up. <laughs> but fun. Mm-hmm. And what did you think behind the GM screen, Haley? Did it play out the way you thought it would, or or what? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Again, you you just you said off you know off air that this was a this is a pretty highly ranked society scenario. People like this one. Yeah, and because it was cool. It's, it's got a lot of stuff in it, right? Like. You're going, uh, once again, Starfinder loves to do this. You're saving face for the, uh, you know, packed worlds and for the Starfinders. Like, you're saving face, right? Gonna go show a good presence, check out the political situation, go to a party. And then it's like, it's such a cool concept on such a very, very cool world. And then it's just so much. Like, to me, even as I was reading it, I was like, man, I, I already know I'm going to have to cut out, like, some part of this. I didn't expect to cut out so much, but I knew I'd have to cut out some part of it because it's very, it's much longer, in my opinion, and has a lot more, I think, depending on what your group is, right? If you have a group that likes to chat around and, like, play up a party... This gonna take. It's gonna take way longer than well, a normal. That was society. our issue, right? We yeah. had three charisma characters. Yes. In, on a Y'all six, were on a ready for this. Table, three charisma characters, mm-hmm. and then you learn that like doing the charisma checks means that you don't find out anything about fucking your <laughs> getting a meteor shot to your face. To yeah. me, I feel as though we could have split it into two and like two two like sections. You know what I mean? Like we easily could have split this into two sessions and had a lot more intricacies and details. I don't know. I mean, if if I have perception checks and I'm rolling a solid threes and fours and failing, there's something wrong with the uh, oh yeah with yeah, the campaign. I would say <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring the difficulty of this module down to my level. I need my participation success. <laughs> All right, so let's change gears here for a little bit. We just wrapped up our next bi-monthly installment of the HLP's Evil Interlude, and I want to chat kind of a lot about this new character that was introduced, but let's do a quick check-in with our GM, Griff. Um, I know this isn't quite on the agenda or anything, but just... Your thoughts so far? How is this going? Are we progressing at the rate that you were expecting us to? Um, How do you feel it's going? Because I've been having a lot of fun with this new chapter. So I think this is one of the reasons why I really love how we move to a uh, bi-monthly release schedule for (laughs) Zona True so we can keep it happening. Uh, Evil Interlude. Or Evil Interlude. Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Yeah, I missed it. Uh, Bi-monthly release schedule for Evil Interlude is that it gives us the flexibility to go shorter or longer on stuff. I'm notorious for trying to cram as much stuff into these things as I possibly can, because I really want to give the listeners like a fully fleshed out story. And this gives us the opportunity to do that. And if it takes longer than, than I thought it would take, that's okay. So, um, with that said, I, I didn't expect the combats in um, in episode 15 to really take that long. Uh, it felt like they took way longer than they should have. Just coming from a, like, 
CR perspective, <laughs> I think the first encounter was against, you know, our three squishier members, but was like a CR five encounter, maybe. And the next encounter with everybody and people I added in and, you know, and Haley was running two characters and Chris and Steve were there. Um, was not much higher than like a CR seven or eight. So, yeah, I, w- I was thinking those were going to go faster and you guys were probably going to make it down to the basement uh, at this point. But, I mean, it's a good it's a good point to leave the um, leave a cliffhanger, I guess, leave mm-hmm. a cliffhanger of, you know, hey, the alarm is sounded. Yeah, uh, how that's going to play out in 16, I have no idea. Is this going to be like an all hands on deck, bust ass down to the basement, escape, you know, staying ahead of the tidal wave of guards coming behind us as we're trying to get A and get our way out? Or can we bar a door or something? I have no idea. I don't know where it's going, and I'm kind of excited for it. It's going to be fun. Uh, One other thing, I was really happy to get Chris on there this time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I oh just yeah, that's, asked that, him, that was a that was a rather unconventional move, especially since you've already played this character before. Yeah, why'd you do it, man? I just thought the the way this is ramping up and the way I have the encounters designed, playing a character on the other side is not going to work for me. I just know, obviously, I've done it. I did it with our final combat, mm-hmm. like playing the beast and stuff, and I know that with encounters that are the size and scale of what's to come in this part. I didn't want to be playing Mathis as well. And I thought Griff or I thought uh, Chris might bring a kind of like a goofy energy to it. And I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> so uh, I think he's going to, he's going to do well playing Mathis for, for this arc of the evil interlude. I think it was a pretty faithful Mathis. Um, all things considered. I'm yeah, like, he could have gone off the rails. He yeah. didn't go too far. I was very much uh, expecting the trolley half of Chris to um, start putting some some scandalous things in Mathis's mouth so that it would make it canon and say goofy shit. I honestly, I knew it would be uh, super serious the minute that, like, right before we record, he was like, I'm going to familiarize myself with Mathis's old voice and, like, familiarize myself with the character. I was like all right, well, shit, like, this is going to be Mathis Mathis. Like, yep. this will now awesome. be him, which was it was cool to see, right? Because I've played with Chris very, in, like, all the nonchalant games that we have on Sunday that are not even every week all the time. Like, I haven't played with him regularly in a long time, not since Starfinder. And even then, I was the GM and he was a character. So I was, I, I ha- I was kind of curious what would happen, <laughs> like, from my perspective. <laughs> Yeah, next time we have him on, I'd love to chat a little bit about that just from his perspective. But it was a, it was an interesting move on your end, uh, Griffin, and I think it played out really well. Um, like you're alluding to, I think uh, there's probably going to be some moving pieces uh, going yeah, forward. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit. We're not going to be uh, still facing CR like five and six encounters. There, uh, all I'll say is this. There might be a reason that I gave you guys... Uh, several extra characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you fucking took away my shape-shifting. Um, You'll moving, break that eventually. <laughs> moving on. So the reason I want to talk about the evil interlude, um, besides just, you know, because I enjoyed doing it, was because for the first time, we have introduced a character before a character death. 
And it was a character that I don't think a lot of people saw coming, obviously, because we still had somebody around. So I wanted to chat with Haley a little bit and talk about some of the inspirations behind this character. Why introduce it as early as it's being introduced? Um, what was the drive behind it? All of that kind of fun stuff. So who's Shala? So um, I guess kind of going through, you've got a lot of questions in your notes here, right? Mm-hmm. Like who, why, what, and how, right? <laughs> All those kind of yep. things. So I'm going to start with the um, why really quick, just because I think that's important um, and might bring me to a little bit more of who. But so if you guys remember uh, with the like nightmare scenario from Nadal, when everyone was kind of given their worst fear, right? And Nana Opal was given that uh, tar buff on, was telling her that she was old and decrepit and horrible, right? This has, um, you know, kind of both shook me and Nana Opal, but Nana Opal more so. So I have some plans for her because that's, that's like, literally she lived her worst fear. Mm-hmm. She's she's not someone who is going to keep that in the back of her head and, like, keep it coming up. She would want to do something to actively fight against that. With that in mind, I can see Nana Opal doing some stuff, going off on her own for some side things and potentially being in perilous situations because she would also not be the person to admit that she's about to go do something without anyone because she would advise against that with everyone else. <laughs> So, um, with that in mind, I, I can see some stuff happening with Nana Opal being a little bit more perilous, as well as, again, she is older. We know this. Um, but she has some tricks up her sleeve, so don't don't be afraid. But with that in mind, though, also, when is it? What, what is a better time to introduce an evil character than a prisoner? That's fair. Like, if we're going to bring anyone in, pr- prisoner is pretty easy, like, this makes sense to me kind of thing. So that's kind of why I've brought her in. Um, I, I like the move to to hedge your bets before either. Um, obviously, we're not. I don't think we're we're saying that Nana Opal's leaving the party or is going to die soon or that any that any of that is planned. It, I don't think that Nana Opal's death is like planned on, or anything. Come on, that far ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I I think you're sidestepping the norm of this. Uh, this whole TTRPG thing where um, a character dies and then it's like, okay, we got to figure out a reason why somebody is like, just shows up in this dungeon or bumps into him in a, at a tavern or something where, by planting these seeds early. I think that's what we should be doing. Well, that's what I, you know, I, I sent all of you guys, Hey, if you have a backup in mind, like this is the perfect opportunity to introduce them. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, whether or not they stay with you, if you help them escape, there's going to be a connection there. Yep. Yeah. All right. And uh, one of the things I really enjoyed was even though we had like 10 or 12 moving parts in this last combat, Haley rolled initiatives back to back. Yeah. That's <laughs> how, 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 fr- how frustrating is that? Yeah. Well, then I have to like get my character sheets up and obviously I wasn't prepared for that, so I assumed that they'd be separate so it would be no big deal, but meanwhile, here I am trying to juggle my two character sheets. If I would have known they'd be like that, I would have printed one, but because they're both electronic, I have to totally close out of yep. the app and like reopen oh, it. Funny. 
So that was stressful. <laughs> and and this new lady, Shala. So I know with Nana Opal, you put in a whole lot of thought and work before bringing the character onto the show. Namely, uh, there was a book series from your childhood that you were that you had in mind when you were creating the character. Does Shala have any sort of similar inspirations? Not not really. It's more of a like. So I'm I'm hoping that she plays differently soon because right now it's like accidentally she's become kind of a joke and (laughs) that's not on purpose right so i i mean there's a lot that's going on so she there's a lot of stuff still in my head i've really struggled to get anything on paper i always do but i have a lot of thought in my head it's not like it's based on anything in particular but i kind of have a a plan and goal for her in my head okay I'm interested. Yeah. But then the rock people just, I don't know. They sounded cool. I was also on the Steven Universe binge for a minute there. But also rock people are cool. I've wanted to play one for a long time and couldn't find a class that matched. I think uh, the fun part about introducing a character early in the evil interlude is because we're doing these kind of haphazardly and it's all homebrew, it gives me a lot more to play with here in terms of like, okay, there's a new character. Well, you know, if this new character doesn't stay with the rest of the group, maybe they spin off and maybe they meet new other new characters that are also evil, or maybe, you know, they have their own adventures or Nana Opal leaves the group and and goes off on her own thing. I think it gives me a lot more flexibility in the kind of stories I want to tell with this piece, which is pretty fun. Also, you have full permission because people come to this show for the juice. You can spoil her um, class if you want to. Ooh, I know it's a good one. Do you want to do that? I can share the class, but I will not share the archetype or any of the fun things. Okay, yeah, that's totally fair. Very fair. Give them something to look forward to. Right, blanket statement, she is an anti-paladin. But this, this with is, a Haley twist, as per usual, what's new? Yep. This is <laughs> this is one that as soon as we decided that we were going to do an evil interlude, I, I, I didn't want to pick it up myself, but I was like, someone's, someone's got to be it. Yeah. This is the opportunity. It doesn't come up and like anywhere else for someone to play an anti-paladin. It's like this and Necromancer and like there's a couple other things where it's like, you really got to be in an evil campaign to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Here it is. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. I have a lot of plans, and I've tried to put my own twist on it, so we'll see. Excellent. Um, the last question I had from you was sort of uh, coming from a practical side, and it's kind of because I know the answer to this question, and I found the answer to this question very interesting. So where did you come up with this voice? There's something you shared with me not that long ago that I got really excited about. So what's the deal? Yeah, so um, I started to, like, my big thing, right, I already have this as a horrible habit, my entire family does on my dad's side, which is I copy people's speech on accident, and it sounds like I'm making fun of them. So I thought, hey, what better way to come up with a voice than to listen to, like, people with English dialects talk? So I started doing some Googling, and I found this website called the International Dialects of English Archive, idea for short. And basically all it is, is they take snippets from all over the world and they have snippets of like people reading the same paragraph that they also give you the paragraph so you can read it along with them if you wanted to. Um, 
and it's they have like the same uh, these the different speeches and they say like both where they're born versus where they like grew up versus where they're currently living it's a very very interesting website and you can even submit your own sample if like let's say they are missing something that you feel like would be critical you can submit your own so it's been going on since 1998 and some of the recordings are old and a little grainy and some of them are really nice so I've found it incredibly helpful so kind of what I did is I went through and I went to um, a bunch of different countries and I kind of listened to all of their accents to form what I have which mm-hmm. um, I think Brooks has just written off as totally Russian 100% <laughs> um, which it's funny because I actually didn't listen to a single Russian recording um, really? correct yeah so I listened to though I listened to Slovakia I listened to Serbia I also listened to Malta Moldova so like kind of all over the place I really liked the almost, uh, it's like smooth but stilted talking, if that makes sense. It sounds almost like it stops sometimes. Um, I liked that. I was also listening to a book at the time that was narrated by someone from that same kind of general area. So as I was listening to, well, I listened to two books, so it's a total of, what, 17 hours each. So I'm listening to that significant amount of time. It gave me a lot of practice time. But I use this website mostly to try to nail it down. And then I listen to it. It's funny that you posted to the group that you use that website. Because I've been using that website for a long time. Oh, really? What the hell? Why I didn't you share it? That's awesome. It's such a good resource. It's a really that good resource. super cool. I, I used it when I like, if there's an accent I really don't know how to do, I'll listen to it. Like Russian, when I did the Red Bear back when we played uh, Iron Fang Invasion, I was really bad at doing a Russian accent, so I listened to the Russian stuff that they had there and figured it out. It, it's awesome. it gets so regionally specific too. Yes. I, I I opened it up when Haley sent it to the rest of us, and I was like, okay, so uh, let's see uh, Mexico. I clicked on Mexico, and it didn't give me a Mexican accent. It said, what which one of their like thirty one states do you want yeah. to hear the accent for? So okay, the state of Sinaloa, like you can drill down to very specific parts of the world. Yeah, it's I've been listening cool. to the uh, awesome. to the Newfie accents because I'm trying to <laughs> okay I'm working on something with that because it's kind of like I'm I'm good at an Irish accent, but it's like an Irish Canadian is how old school Newfies sound, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to work that in. Yeah, so I want to talk about like how the recordings are kind of on there, right? So it's a bunch of samples. It's Example, Slovakia, one. Female, 61 years old, 1951 is birth year. Slovakian, Nisna, Pisania, Bratislava, and U.S. So it lists every location they've lived for a significant period of time in their life. And that's like how they present it, as well as they give a lot of other information. Another fascinating thing is if you're into speech, right, some of them, they actually have the phonetic... Uh, paragraphs as well so the actually like how you are supposed to say it with things you might be familiar with it's a really really fascinating website I didn't know that Griffin had been using it for so long it would have been helpful (laughs) well so I I found it when I because I was a double major in psychology in college and we did a whole class on like how phonemes are formed and like in the brain and why you know, people with certain accents can't pronounce certain letters as the formation of your first language in your brain actually, like, 
removes your ability to to make certain sounds because you you just completely lose that in your development. And so uh, we used it in that class, and I've been using it. I mean, I don't use it like all the time, but I've been using. I've known of it for a long time. So when you brought it up, I was like, "Well, oh, that's a that's a sick yeah. resource. <laughs> you should, we should we should post that uh, with the." I, I, with I'll, I'll post it. Yeah. yeah. All right, and and since we're on the topic of accents, uh, Jeremy, what's your best accent? <laughs> so this this came up the other night, and um, oh, you don't have to answer this question. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh That's no, a joke. It's, it's totally <laughs> fine. Well, actually, you were talking about the newfie, and my my first my fighter that I was talking about, his name was Galanor, and um and I and I tried to to have like the Nordic because we were watching a lot. Of, Mangy and I were watching a lot of Vikings at that time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, my name is Galanor. <laughs> <laughs> So, Give Emily a run for a month. I, 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 I like said it as a joke. I'll, and I'll then, bring uh, you in to do the Freya flashbacks. Uh, <laughs> so it was, it was, it's funny that you said that. But, uh, but yeah, I was, I was trying not to do that the other night, but I kept slipping back into it. I was trying to go more, more Irish and, and loopy, but uh, it, it wasn't working for me. My brain just wasn't clicking correctly. <laughs> Irish is easy for me because of all the time playing Garrity. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if I can do Irish. I'm not going to try. We're not going to. We're not going down that rabbit hole tonight. Um, but you know what rabbit hole we should go down is the rabbit hole of listener questions. <laughs> so our first one comes from the same man that we were chatting about earlier tonight. This is the one and only Bear Claire. Um, I thought this one was pretty appropriate since we were discussing the evil interlude a little bit. Griff, how much of the drunk Dunrock guard was role play? Uh, I mean, mainly just the actual burps were not, but <laughs> I, I was going to say some of those burps were genuine. Some of those burps were real. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like wasted when we recorded that episode or anything. No. I thought, I thought it was fun to be able to role play that because it was kind of like, you know, you get, you get shit like, uh, you know, a danger to grandmas everywhere and yep. Grandma feel my muscles. <laughs> so, so, such iconic lines <laughs> as grandma for hire uh, is the kind of stuff you get when you ask me to role play a drunk person. <laughs> There's two things I want. It's the comic book cover, Nana Opal, Grandma for Hire, and then uh, Grandma Feel My Muscles t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> my muscles. Might, uh, might get you some unwanted attention, though. Um We're going to keep this thing moving here. We got one from CSE Kevin. He says, I think I remember Emily saying that she does some of the social medias for the HLP. I was wondering if she or any of you have any funny or particular memorable fan interaction stories. Unfortunately, Emily's not here tonight. However, we've got a bunch of them. Because we love interacting with everybody, and uh, Haley was giving me some pretty vigorous nodding over there, so she's got something in mind. Yeah, just mostly, like, every time Emily and I... So, like, Steve will get drunk or tipsy or whatever and decide... Uh, it's all conjecture. He needs to post mm-hmm. a, like, some sort of thirst bathroom selfie at that angle that he always does, right, on Instagram. And then Emily and I are getting all the notifications because that's our, like, main... Like, one of the things that we always follow and check. So then I'm, like, looking at and it's the question of do I respond to these, like, 
thirst responses to Steve or not. Like, that's the the one weird thing. And there's been a couple of times where I've just turned to Steve and I'm like, Steve, you need to, like, deal with this. Get, get on the <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, that's the funny interactions. You posted this thirst bait that you have to respond to. <laughs> you cannot leave this for Emily and me. <laughs> Alright. Well, we got a drunken discordly coming up this weekend, so maybe I'll do one of those again. You will. I know. Yeah, no, probably will. That's not a question. I, add, I added new filters, too, so I know you will. <laughs> got you added new filters. The filters, I, I have, I have checked them so out. They're so funny. They're so good. They're so good. There's one, um, which I'm sure you've seen, but it might be my favorite one right now. Um, it puts giant black feathery feathery wings on your back and then a little raven is sitting on your head it looks like i've got air all exactly over me. yeah mm-hmm. but did Aaron you no. see did you see the nathal goo type one? Oh yeah oh yeah there's some, there's some great instagram filters right now <laughs> yeah yeah i spent like a whole night doing this last week just looking at myself in the mirror and being like i, I gotta go to bed like what am i doing I to, jesus christ <laughs> it was so much fun as for me um so like Haley said, I spend a little time on Instagram, not a whole ton. Um, I mainly stick to Twitter for the HLP. However, um, my fa- my personal favorite thing is um, every once in a while, it's kind of sporadic, but sometimes we'll get a random video in like a DM of somebody either slurping or chugging a can of hams. <laughs> yep. And it's just my favorite thing in the world. I think... But our first wasn't our first one during the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I was actually just going to mention that. Okay. Um, not not this past Super Bowl of 2019, but in 2018, I remember we got a random DM, and I'm sorry, I I'm it was Mr. Hootington. Mr. Hootington, yeah, of course. Um, and I think that was the first fan interaction we had with him. But we just got this random. He like followed us on Twitter and then sent us that That's in awesome. the middle of the Super Bowl. So we all like were like paused because we were at Brooks and Emily's place. We all paused and like watched it. Multiple multiple times like it was so funny <laughs> this dude's a fucking hero like, i i really enjoyed it uh and we've gotten a few of those since and they're just my favorite because uh, it's a really strange part of the show that people really latch on to and i enjoy that's awesome I, my first hams was uh I, I actually did record it and send it to you, I, you when i saw this in the notes i was i was laughing i'm like other people do this this makes sense other people do this. so yeah brian and i both of us uh our first hams we recorded it and and i could tell you <laughs> you weren't really impressed <laughs> Dude, do you remember? Do you remember when Rusted Crumb did one and he got? Oh, that he got, was like, insane! It was intense. He like he like crushed it, like got some in his beard, like took it down, took it down way faster than I've ever seen you take down a ham. Oh yeah, definitely. I think he did it in two. Sli- it was like two gulps. It was it, it was, was like- two gulps. Um, and then I got a message from him later. He's like. I could have done it in one. I'm sorry, man. Oh my god, I I treasure every one of those. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> moving on here, our next question comes from Commodore. I added this one because we haven't had a technical question in a while, and I just felt like it was time. So he asks, this might have already been answered, but how long do you guys spend on the pre- and post-production of the podcast? Now, I know we may have talked about this in a previous Zone of Truth, or maybe even on the regular show it's been mentioned at some time, but it would have been early in our run, and I know that's changed. We've kind of we've kind of like uh injected some efficiency into our processes we're we know more now and i'm i'm not 
really on this side of the HLP business. So I'm going to pass it over to my subject matter experts here, uh, Haley and Griffin. Well, I can tackle pre because <laughs> I'm the only one that does any pre-production there you on go. this show. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like any GM, hours of prepping. That's, I mean, it, it really would depend on what you're what episode you're talking about in terms of how much I did. I mean, we have plenty of episodes where I've prepped what happens in the next three episodes and we spend an episode riffing off of something that I, (laughs) that I did. And you know, it's, it's a shopping episode or whatever. Um, but then you have the times like this episode 80 finale that I've been prepping for like hours and hours and hours and knew exactly how I wanted to do it. Um, so it really depends, but I'd say, you know, the answer remains the same. It's it's still at least two hours to every hour of of show, uh, if not more. And and now that we're getting into book three, I find myself reading book three for like the fourth time, and just like, I mean, you get so wrapped up in in the book that you're recording, and even in the finale, like I'm not even touching book three while I'm like prepping this finale because it's pivotal and impactful and then i'm like shit i gotta like i gotta really re-familiarize myself with book three again even though i've already done it a bunch of times mm-hmm. uh because it's here yeah it's coming up uh, yeah. it's here <laughs> i mean you swung right back into things i mean pretty quickly with the episode this week yeah yeah it's it's exciting times times they are a change in um as for the post-production stuff though would you like to speak to that or is that a Haley question uh, I mean, I'll speak to, like, I do all of the Zone of Truth still. I think, you know, Haley has been doing a lot of the episodes lately. I'll do some of them. It's gotten, you know, it, it gets tight. You mentioned, like, this week being kind of like a hell week. It's a tough week because we're recording and we're still editing. And, you know, Haley and I between us are, you know, and heavy on the Haley side are editing three hours of evil interlude and an hour of episode and then i'm editing this and we're (laughs) we're putting it out you know five days after we record it and so it's time you can talk to it more Haley, if you want to yeah so in general like if you want purely by numbers um if it is a combat heavy episode um, it takes a lot more time. There's a lot more pauses. There's a lot more, wait a minute, should I look that up, etc. And there's a lot more moving of characters. With that in mind, I usually try to plan about uh, one and a half times the amount of time we recorded. Now, typically for a combat episode, I'm much more likely to cut out up upwards of like 15 minutes of an episode. And most of those 15 minutes are either straight up dead air or some nonsense that we're jabbering on about while we're waiting for a map to load or like we're moving characters etc or we're looking up rules or i'm trying to figure out sirenscape yeah yeah (laughs) that's most of what i edit out so i i have to have like when when he does sirenscape right i also like to try to blend the music in the beginning we didn't do that so now that we blend all of the music i pay a lot of attention to um does the music sound like it's not stopping and restarting and try to blend it with that in mind if we change sirenscape sets i have to cut 
and then bring the music together and then do I want the music to start as Griffin saying his last transition or do I want the music to start after he said the transition so I kind of think about that um, but yeah for combat episodes it's much more on the um, one and a half times and I do pay a little bit less attention to the music during combat because it's usually that really exciting music um, or very intense so it's a little bit easier to hide versus a largely roleplay episode Mm-hmm. That's going to be maybe one and a quarter. Like, there's barely anything I usually have to cut from any roleplay type episode. Um, and the majority of what I'm doing when it's a roleplay based episode is making sure that all of the music drops, right? Because Griffin could start going into uh, some sort of, you know, the nightmare scene, and Steve would sit there and be like, have his finger up indicating he's getting it ready. And as he gets it ready, right? I like to have the music come in right as Griffin's saying kind of that last word. So I pay a lot of attention to the music during a heavy role play episode, and I really try to make it make sure it makes sense. So um, when everybody gives Steve the praise for the sidescape drops, it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's really you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm balancing a lot over here. She stole all your thunder right there. He does really well. I do yeah. like he spends a lot of time looking for sirenscape things too and downloading them. It's yeah, I, I don't want to downplay either of what we're doing because <laughs> like there there is a lot of of time that I spend behind the scenes making sure um, I'm off the pod, making sure that I and because I don't know where the story's going to go. Right? right. So I just try and get a little bit of everything. And then I need to get a familiarity of what all of these sound sets sound like. So when Griffin transitions to a story um, where the loppers sitting on a rocking chair, that's going back and forth in front of a pir- fireplace. Like I need to know, I need to have that siren like scape sound set and know where it is. So I need to find it. And when I do, I can play it now having that downloaded and knowing where it is and finding it and playing <laughs> that is not always very quick. So <laughs> though, so though like I've done my homework and I've got the stuff ready and ready to go, it's not a very smooth transition. That's where I rely on someone like Haley, who's editing the episode to make that sound like it's a seamless transition. I know it's not. It will never be a seamless transition. Hey, at least you give However. us ample warning. <laughs> hey guys, hey, hey, I gotta, I gotta find this again. Oh, there's, there's, there's a couple times where I think it's close, where I've got something that's fading out and oh, I'll yeah. fade something oh, in. Oh no, there are definitely times where I'm like, damn. Yeah. Like I look over and I'm like, I'm like in the middle of something I'm saying and I'm like, oh, he really just nailed that one. When I, when I just hit like a big bassy, wow. That's that's oh, my go-to. Yeah. Like some some there there's things that that I imagine there's very little audio editing in post for because like it just it just works. And then there's some of the more specific stuff, the more niche things that um, Griffin is like. All right, we fade out to this, and I just put up the finger. I'm like, nope, all right, <laughs> nope, nope. Tell me what it is. Let me find it, and then uh, it, it gets fixed in post, and it's all super cutesy. It, um, it's a partnership. We're we're working through it. It's it. it the final product isn't always. Hey, gone are the days of the uh, siren song for the entirety of an episode, or the like random wolves just howling. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some old episodes where Missed like there's those. there's some there's some <laughs> whack as well. It was all foreshadowing. Whack ass sirenscape in like the first ten. It's all foreshadowing for book three. I'm yeah. telling you. I'll say Steve is great at setting them up. It's m- 
my my like making sure all the music's right is for those special cases or for every time that I have to edit out. Like, let's say someone starts on a, a, a train of thought and totally loses it, right? That happens to everyone in their life. And so then they restart their train of thought. So then I cut out all this like this kind of thought here that's going back and forth that's not really finished and then when I cut that out now the music has already changed to a whole different Sirenscape uh. set <laughs> and so then I have to re-blend them together that's mostly yeah. what I spend more time on and then the only other thing I spend a lot of time on is making sure voices are good um Specifically, like, if the Lopper shows up, I have to add a voice effect, cut him out of Griffin's track entirely, add a voice effect, etc. And whenever we have, like, specialty guests or anything weird, if I need to do extra voice effects, I spend spend time on that. Yeah, I I will add to the pre-stuff, mad props to anybody that not only does homebrew stuff, but does homebrew stuff in a way that it's structured like an AP. Cause that's what I feel like we're doing with the evil interlude, and that takes about five times as much time as just prepping an AP. Yeah, and I feel like I could do it in the same amount of time if I was just going loosey goosey with it and not trying to structure it and tell a story. But because we have such limited time with the evil interlude, I feel like that. I mean, Christ, I'm like reading books as source yeah. material for this stuff. Like Nadal was all vague shit that like doesn't exist in anything but one book and one like Pathfinder Tales book that I'm like drawing information from I'm like digging through the fucking dredges of uh, Galarian lore (laughs) like because I'm taking you guys to places that like just haven't been explored I don't want to take you to fucking um, Varesia and have have us do you know a rune lord adjacent thing or Mm -hmm. like that's no fun let's go to places that you don't get to see all the time you never get to see Nadal. Yeah. And it, I, I think it pays off a lot. Um, I, could, I couldn't even imagine, you know, that's a whole lot of work and there's stuff out there. I couldn't even imagine taking it to the next level and just like having your own world in your head, right? Building everything from the ground up. Because you got the lore, you got to build it out, right? Well, I got to make it make sense. Make it make sense. Story too. Building all of that and the lore, people at homebrew, like, tip of the hat to you guys that's it's it's gotta be tough work yeah it's uh i mean even even though we do limited amounts of it for this i mean we still do it in the main campaign too but it's it's definitely the bulk of the work i mean following an ap is convenient Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that that's like easy either because you definitely have to adjust to your party but just doing the homebrew aspects is is next level I think this is where we're coming around to our very final question of the night. Uh, this comes from Bipolar Pop-Tart. Um, is he, and this one's coming directly for Griffin. Griffin, are you a kid's guy? And are you going to be okay with them hearing Uncle Brooks calling you daddy all the time? This is in light of a recent episode. <laughs> <laughs> Natty daddies. Yep. Yep. See, that's I've always called them Natty daddies, like a Natty daddy 20, mm-hmm. before I even knew about the beer. Hmm. But um, but how do you feel about Brooks calling you daddy? Maybe when we're in our I don't know, forties ish with kids. I don't think I get to choose. Like I just feel <laughs> like it's gonna happen either way. Yeah. I like whether I feel good or bad about it. I just think it's gonna happen. So may as well make the best of it. And Haley, what what do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, like 
look look around us. These are the influences our children will have. We can only hope they'll be okay. They're <laughs> <laughs> gonna hate TTRPGs. <laughs> or they're gonna be incredibly ingrained. <laughs> One or the other. They're gonna hate Uncle Brooks. He's weird. He tells the longest stories. <laughs> they never go anywhere. But they're gonna always want to visit because they'll love Emily. Yeah, that's true. Emily will bake them like whatever they want. Yeah, Emily knitting shit and. But is the price too high to have Uncle Brooks around? <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna have drunk Uncle Steve to mellow Yeah, I was gonna say they have Uncle Steve too, and that's cool. That's oh, Jeremy, I don't, I don't think that's gonna be that's cool not for cool. anybody. You're gonna, you're gonna teach our kids their first duck face. That would be mm. lovely. This is how to take a real thirsty Instagram snap story. <laughs> Uncle Steve, aren't you forty-five? Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, on that note, guys, I think it's about time to wrap up. So uh, special thanks to both of you, uh, Haley and Jeremy, for coming on at this time. Uh, Jeremy, is there anything you'd like to shout out, plug people to say hey to whatever, man? Where can people get your sheets? That's what I want to know. Where can people get the sheets? Well, well, thank you. Um, Lifestylemarketplace.com. Hell yeah. And um. I mean, if you need some right away, do it. But we are definitely need to uh, have my people talk with your people. We need to figure something out here. So, uh, yeah, have some sort of sponsorship or oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. But, uh, uh, we're yeah, in the pocket no, of big, ma- do- big sheets now, folks. I'm going to be putting sheets on everything. I'm going to be a ghost every fucking year for Halloween. <laughs> Put a there sheet on this game table. Put a sheet on it so I can lay on it. But no, I really appreciate you guys. It's it's great to hang out. You guys are all awesome, and uh, thank you for sure, man. It has been an absolute joy having you around these last few days and hanging out. I can't wait for Drunken Discordly this weekend because you're going to be here live for that, right? I, I will be here live. Yes. Oh boy, <laughs> danger zone. <laughs> mm. All I right. do have to work on Sunday, too. You sound so. Oh, I was going to say, you sound so hesitant. Why? <laughs> I have to work. Yeah, I didn't realize you were working on Sunday. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's not till 11. So I just got 11 a.m. Right. start. Oh, yeah, you're right. fine. It's a, it sounds like a 240s a King Cobra kind of night. You bet you have bathrooms. We have Pedialyte stuff. That's true. That's true. Well... Um, with with that out of the way, Haley, thank you for coming on. Anything you want to shout out before we get out of here? Uh, just thank you as always, and I'm I'm so glad that everyone continues to really like what we are producing. Well put. With that, um, I just got to say, both of you uh, have succeeded. Your will saves on the zone of truth. Congratulations, you made it out. Um, Griffin, we're wrapping it up, man. Any final thoughts, words, exclamations of joy, whatever. Well, at this point, I'd say uh, check our Instagram and maybe Twitter. For those thirsty picks. For, well, yes, for those <laughs> thirsty picks. Uh, but also because we're making dice, baby. That is We've true. We've got a couple They're sets awesome. that we're working on. And uh, we'll be, I mean, we'll be posting pics of them. They're, they're fun to make. So, um, What do you like better, the HLP on the 20 or the bottle of booze on the 1? I love the bottle of booze on the one. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, that's uh, that was something I uh, during a drunken discordly I sent to the dude that designed them. Yeah. I was like, I was like, 
We also need uh, a beer bottle. <laughs> <laughs> <one. laughs> For when we fail, put that on the D6 and the D20. I need the beer bottle That's- on the ones. And he was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, check out our social media for that. Uh, but otherwise, I think I just need everybody to finish their drinks because we'll see you in two weeks. Later. Later.